Welcome to Your Truth Revealed podcast, helping you experience empowered healing. I'm Erica Marcoux, and with a master's in counseling psychology, I share with you the power of self-knowledge. I interview industry professionals to explore your hidden physical and mental health potential. You're listening to episode 38, Know Your Reincarnation. This is the second part of an interview with child psychiatrist Jim Tucker. I contacted him as I was watching the Netflix series Surviving Death. He reveals children's accounts of remembering their past lives. I'm glad to give you the opportunity to listen in as we continue our fascinating conversation. A number of the children have shown birthmarks or even full birth defects that match fatal wounds on the body of the previous person. There's one case where the previous man was killed by a shotgun blast to the side of his head. And the little boy was born with just a stub for an ear and an underdeveloped right side of his face. When he got old enough to talk, he described his memories. Jim received his medical degree in psychiatry, an undergrad degree in psychology from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. He is the Bonner-Lowry Professor of Psychiatry and Neurobehavioral Sciences at the University of Virginia and the director of the UVA Division of Perceptual Studies. Listen as Jim and I explore these children's memories and the message they may reveal about our soul's experience. Why does your research focus on children rather than adults? Largely because the children are the ones who have spontaneous memories of a past life. There are some adults who report spontaneous memories of a past life if they gain the memories as adults, often it's through meditation, but usually hypnotic regression. Mm-hmm. We're skeptical, to be honest, of hypnotic regression because hypnosis is a very unreliable tool, even for memories of this life. There are examples where people can get some amazing hits. They get hypnotized, recall a license plate number from a crime scene or whatever. But there are a lot of times where the mind just kind of fills in the blanks. Yes. And then it's very hard for someone to tell if it was an actual memory or if it was fantasy. And by the time we're adults, we're exposed to so many images, information, and I can imagine that it would be hard to differentiate that. Well, that's right. The unconscious mind is amazing what it can do sometimes, but can take these different pieces of fact that we have accumulated over our lifetimes and then put them into this coherent story that under hypnosis can be quite impressive and touching. They can be crying about death or about losing people, and it can really be quite impactful and maybe therapeutic for them. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's literally a past life that they experienced before. Mm -hmm. But it might be imagination. Well, that's right. Sort of the unconscious mind at work, which which may be (laughs) a better way of putting it. Many people under hypnotic regression recall ancient lives that are impossible to verify one way or the other. So the fact that it's unverified isn't necessarily struck against it. It may well be unverifiable. And, And what we focus on are cases that do have the potential to be verified. Mm -hmm. Typically, that means modern cases where there are enough details and the right details where we're able to check on them and see if it matches somebody who Mm -hmm. lived before. The child is young enough, still having memories, and we can do picture tests, show them pictures, one from a past life or one not, and see if they can pick the correct one. 
there's an example of that on the Netflix series. There's another example of a child who recalled a life in the Vietnam War, and, and I was able to do picture tests with him. And he was six out of six picking the correct picture from the past mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. oh, this is just fascinating. I'm curious about the cases that you've seen. Does it seem like these kids are reporting past lives that are within the same culture? Usually. That's interesting to me. Yeah, it's certainly in our cases with 7 billion people in the world, it's not random where you end up, at least with intact memories is not. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's usually from the same culture, usually from the same country, and sometimes even the same family or the same village. And there may be multiple reasons for that. I don't know that there would be geographical constraints if that's possible, mm -hmm. but there's sort of this identity that we have and this attachment that we have that may carry over. Now, we do have some international cases, but even in those, there's usually a link to where the child is born. Before we continue, remember from the first part of this interview that Ian Stevenson was Jim Tucker's mentor. Stevenson was a Canadian-born American psychiatrist, and he wrote 300 papers and 14 books on reincarnation. Back to the interview. Ian Stevenson studied a couple of dozen cases in Burma where the children remembered being Japanese soldiers who were killed in Burma during World War II. So even though it was a Japanese past life, there was that connection. And in fact, many of those kids would do things like complain about the spicy Burmese food and be asking to eat raw fish and, and that sort of thing instead. <laughs> they appeared to have sort of Japanese characteristics to some sort of mm -hmm. Japanese likes and dislikes. Mm -hmm. Now, I will say occasionally we will hear from parents where they say, for instance, the child says their last life was in Africa without specific details. There's no way to verify that. Uh, it's much easier for us with American cases to identify American past lives. But again, that's the vast majority of the ones we hear. Mm -hmm. And of the 2,500 cases, y'all have looked at cases all over the world. I think you said every continent but Antarctica. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, that's okay. true. Yeah. They're found, cases are found wherever anyone looks for them. Wow. But it's certainly a phenomenon that crosses cultures and it's a phenomenon of early childhood and then we choose what to make of it but it's not culturally produced which was one of the criticism of Ian Stevenson's work early on because all these cases were in cultures with a belief in reincarnation but we can now say with certainty that it's, it's not culturally produced because the cases happen here in families most of whom did not believe in reincarnation before their child started talking about a past life. Well, with Ian Stevenson, I can imagine that he did get a lot of criticism back in the day. Do you still experience that now? Sure. I think most people don't even know about our work, but people who hear about it, many are likely to dismiss it out of hand, but that's okay. We produce this work, we put it out there, and then people who are open to it can explore it and, and make of it what they will. Mm -hmm. I've heard that some children have birthmarks related to their past life. Can you tell me more about that? Yeah, a number of the children have shown birthmarks or even full birth defects that match wounds, usually the fatal wounds on the body of the previous person. And Ian Stevenson, with his interest in psychosomatic medicine, he is really fascinated by this link. 
He spent years studying these cases and eventually published a book or two volume set on over 200 of these cases. It's actually it's 2,000 pages long. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, some of them involve fairly graphic cases. There's one case where the previous man was killed by a shotgun blast to the side of his head. And the little boy was born with just a stub for an ear and an underdeveloped right side of his face. And, and oh. then when he got old enough to talk, describe these memories. And there's one where the little girl remembered life of a man who got his fingers chopped off as he was being murdered, and, and she was born with very deformed fingers. Oh, my um, goodness. And he enlisted 18 cases where the children were born with two birthmarks, ones that matched both the entrance wound and the exit wound on the body of a, a gunshot victim. A case that Ian and I studied together, an American case, where a little boy was born with three things that matched with his deceased half-brother. His half-brother was a, a toddler when he developed cancer and then died at a very early age. And 12 years later, this little boy, Patrick, was born with opacity in his left eye. It's called a corneal leucoma. It made him essentially blind in that eye the way that his half-brother had been due to a tumor. He also had a nodule over his right ear that matched the place where his brother had a tumor that was biopsied. Uh, that's actually how the diagnosis was made. And then Patrick also had this unusual birthmark on his neck, this slanting birthmark that basically looked like a cut. And that was the spot where his half-brother had a central line, a large IV placed in his neck. And that's where the chemo ran into him and it would get inflamed and so forth. In addition, when Patrick got old enough to walk, he actually limped the way that his half-brother had, even though he seemingly had no medical reason to do so. Patrick may have been his half-brother, and Patrick was born 12 years after his half-brother died. That's right. He had these birthmarks and then started talking about his half-brother's life. With each of these birth defects that Patrick had, they corresponded to things that would have made particular impressions on his brother's consciousness. Being blind, limping, having the nodule where he underwent surgery. It looked like these things made this impression on the consciousness, and then those got carried over to the developing fetus and then showed up in similar ways on Patrick when he was born. Right. This is phenomenal, really. And to think that this has probably been the case throughout humanity, it's just this is a slice in time where you and your division are doing the research and looking for the facts. Well, that's right. There's certainly no reason to think it's purely a modern phenomenon. In fact, cases were reported in the early to middle 20th century before Ian Stevenson got involved. He collected some of these reports and eventually published them in a paper where he did analysis on them. And it's a phenomenon, at least around here in the West, essentially no one paid any attention to until Ian Stevenson got involved. Was he one of the first in the United States in American culture to do this kind of research? Yes, he was the first to do this systematic study. And then several of us got involved following his lead. So the, the work certainly continues. Ian passed away in, in 2007, remaining active almost until the very end, and produced a tremendous body of work. 
the work is ongoing. We are still looking to study cases. Probably the most important part is understanding that we're consciousness and that we have this physical body to take care of as best we can to make the most out of this life. There are things in the consciousness that are kind of stuck and we can change and we can grow and we can heal. Along those lines, we hear people wanting to figure out who they were in the past. And frankly, I encourage them to focus on this life. It's nice to advance enough where whether life continues on is not as important as experiencing each moment. Feeling like there is this larger consciousness and this isn't it can help us in that process. But ultimately, it comes down to making the most of each moment and the love that we share with our loved ones. And people can get too focused on past lives and lose the big picture. I've done that. And then I had to refocus and <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm here now. And here's the other part of that is whatever is most important for us to learn is happening right now. Mm-hmm. If we're fully aware of the current moment or the current things that we're experiencing, that is what's most important. There might be some overlying themes that happen and to incorporate that. Yeah, exactly. And again, it's sort of the same with this life where clearly there are things that have happened in the past that impact us now. And sometimes traditional psychotherapy can be very helpful to work through some of that. But the ultimate goal is not to focus on it, but to focus on now. That's right. I'd like to pause the interview for a moment because I'm remembering the book Be Here Now by Ram Das. Born Richard Alpert, he received his PhD in psychology from Stanford University. Ram Das helped popularize Eastern spirituality, yoga, and mindfulness in the West. And this is a quote from his book Consciousness equals energy, equals love, equals awareness equals light, equals wisdom, equals beauty, equals truth, equals purity. It's all the same. Any trip you want to take leads to the same place. Now for my last question to Jim Tucker. I noticed your book received an endorsement from Deepak Chopra. How did you meet him? Well, actually, I met him on Larry King Live. Really? Yeah. And he was putting on these seminar things. So he invited me to speak at a couple of them. I did meet him once. I was living in D.C. and he was giving a free talk Mm. at a church. That was like 26 years old. Mm. And I froze because I was starstruck. Uh So he wanted to talk and I couldn't speak. (laughs) It was so embarrassing, but that's all right. Yeah. I'm sure he has met hundreds of people and gotten that reaction. I appreciate you taking the time today. I think this is an important topic, and I'm glad that you're doing this work and verifying it, using a scientific manner to uncover and share reincarnation. Well, I appreciate the opportunity to talk with you, and it's been fun. Thank you. As a listener, I am super curious about your perspective. Did you have past life memories when you were a kid? Do you have a story that you'd like to share or your own perspective about reincarnation? If you want to contact me, just go to Instagram at Erica Marcoux and send me a message. And now I want to take a moment to talk about Jim Tucker's book titled Before, Children's Memories of Previous Lives. 
The book is an updated version of his New York Times bestseller, Return to Life. Jim shares his extensive research that gives persuasive evidence that some children do, in fact, possess memories of past lives, and his work is highly praised by integrative medicine pioneer Deepak Chopra and international past life counselor Carol Bowman. He shares what children have said and whether their statements match the life of a particular person who is deceased. A captivating read, he urges you to think about life, death, and reincarnation, and to reflect about your own consciousness and spirituality. To purchase this book titled Before, go to yourtruthrevealed.com store. And if your child is reporting past life memories and you're concerned, contact Jim Tucker at jimbtucker.com. Until next time, please subscribe and rate the show. I'm Erica Marcoux. Thanks for listening.